It feels like it's been a really long time since this World Cup started. And it also feels like it's been a long time since England dropped a touchdown on Iran in one of the first games at this World Cup. I can't be 100% sure of this, but the U.S. would also probably like to score a touchdown against England on Tuesday. By that, I mean six goals, because that is what England scored against Iran. The U.S. needs a win. Three points get them through to the round of 16. Anything less than that, and the U.S. will be headed home. So, on today's show, we're diving into how England beat Iran and what the U.S. can do to pull out a similar performance. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to the Backheeled Show, where we bring you unique coverage of the USMNT and American soccer in 10 minutes or less. Here at Backheeled, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, let's get to it and talk soccer. After watching a bunch of tape, I found a few keys behind England's goal-scoring outburst against Iran, and I'm going to run through them here on the show. The first key that England pulled out against Iran was capitalizing on turnovers and playing through Iran's press. England scored three goals against Iran in moments when they either capitalized on a turnover or played through their opponent's press. Now, I don't know how stretched Iran will let themselves get. I kind of doubt that they're going to open up much at all in this game against the U.S. because they are here to play spoiler. Let's not forget, they don't need three points to advance. They need to not lose. And that does change when you're Iran how you approach the game. But they can be beaten in those moments if and when they get stretched, especially late in the match against England. England had real success running at backpedaling Iranian defenders to unbalance them, beat them, and eventually score goals. There was one in the 62nd minute that ends with a Saka goal. There was one in the 71st minute that ended with a Rashford goal. And one in the 90th minute that capped things off with a goal from Jack Grealish after playing through the press. On Tuesday, that could be key for the U.S. to try to exploit green grass wherever you can find it, jumping into that space very, very quickly, not unlike what they did against Wales on match day one. If there are those moments to break in behind Iran in open space after they've either made a mistake in buildup or after they've extended too far forward, the U.S. will have to exploit them. The next thing that I noticed from watching the tape back on England versus Iran is how well England overloaded the wide areas. Now, they didn't do this every single time, but England did have a few effective moments where they pulled Iran when they were back bunkering in defense. They pulled Iran to a side to then exploit space centrally. So they created these wide overloads out of their 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 shape. England would have a fullback and a central midfielder and a winger, maybe even the weak side winger. That's the sequence we saw in the 29th minute that ended with a shot from Mason Mount. It was Trippier, it was Saka on that right side, it was Jude Bellingham, then it was Reem Sterling coming over to that right side to add a fourth player. Iran couldn't cope with that, and it, it sounds kind of counterproductive in some ways, but if you pull a defense over to the side, and you play on that side for a minute, and you combine, and you interchange, and you rotate, then you might open up space for yourself to move centrally. And that's what happened for England multiple times against Iran. You force them to a wing, you overload them, and then you break. You get to the end line, maybe you cut the ball back. That's what happens on that mount sequence that I just described from the 29th minute of England versus Iran. Those are moments that the U.S. can try to replicate in this game on Tuesday. If you force Iran to shift to the wing, then you can play a little bit. Serginho Dest, Weston McKinney, Tim Weah, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, if he plays, Yunus Musa, whoever it is, getting those players playing soccer and combining and pulling Iran apart, that could go a long way for the U.S. The next thing for the U.S. in possession against a bunkered Iran team, which again we'll see a lot on Tuesday, is making really smart late arriving runs into the box. When we watch soccer games, and when I watch soccer games, I get really stuck watching the ball, right? We watch the ball go from player to player. The ball is the thing that matters, after all. 
But off-ball stuff is important too when you watch soccer games. Paying attention to how players move, how they create space for themselves to then receive the ball can change games. Just ask England, right? Against Iran, their first goal was capped off by a very smart run off the ball from one of their central midfielders. So it's the 35, it's the 35th minute, excuse me. England are in possession. Maguire breaks lines to Mason Mount. Mount bounces it to Sterling. Sterling then plays it to Shaw out wide on the left. And Shaw crosses to a late-arriving Jude Bellingham. No one sees him. No one rises up. And Bellingham has the ball in the back of the net after a lovely header. His timing was perfect in that moment. He waited until the forward line had already pushed Iran's defense back before making his grand entrance into the box. It was an excellent sequence. Really, really good. Not rushed. Not over-eager. Just hit the Goldilocks version in that moment of it being just right. When the U.S. crossed the ball against Iran later on Tuesday, because they will do that, they won't be able to break centrally every single time, they'll need smart runs from someone like Weston McKinney. McKinney has made his money over the last few years being a really aerially dominant force in the final third. Juve don't like to build through him. They don't like to play through him in possession. They do like to get him up the field where he can win balls, knock them down, be an outlet in possession for them, or a release valve of sorts to play through pressure, and then to have him make really smart runs into the box. That's what Weston McKinney can be so good at. If the passes are there, McKinney, with a a Jude Bellingham-esque run through midfield, could give the U.S. a boost with his movement in the box. Finally, set pieces. That is a key for this game. I know people are maybe tired of hearing it at this point, but this is huge. The U.S. have yet to be dangerous on set pieces, yet to be truly dangerous on set pieces at this tournament. They're not the only team. Set piece production is down by a noticeable amount in this tournament on the whole, but the U.S. have the players to be dangerous. They have McKenney, who I just mentioned. They have Zinnerman. They have Tim Ream. They have others who can rise up and be a problem for defenses in the box. The service was wrong against Wales. The movement wasn't right in the box. I mean, there were a lot of issues so far through this tournament with the U.S. It might need to be right, though, for the United States. These set-piece moments might need to be right against Iran. The U.S. has struggled to break down a low block throughout Greg Berhalter's time in charge of this team. If they can't do that, if they can't make those smart late-arriving runs into the box, if they can't break Iran down with some nice wide combinations to then break centrally, they might have to talk about getting a goal on a set-piece. Greg Berhalter has mentioned over and over again changing the way the world views American soccer. He's talked about disorganizing opponents with the ball as well. The truth is the U.S. just aren't very good at doing that. They've gotten less than one expected goal in each of their two World Cup games so far, and Qatar isn't the only time when they've struggled to score. The U.S. has been shut out in seven of their last nine games against World Cup opponents. That goes back to January of this year. What do you do when you can't score in open play? You attack like crazy on set pieces. And maybe, maybe this is the game, finally at the World Cup, where the U.S. finds the right balance of good service and good movement in the box. If they do, we could be looking at this team moving on to the knockout rounds. We've gone through all the keys that England laid out for the U.S. in their game earlier on in this group. That's all. That's all we've got on this episode. Win and the U.S. is in. Anything but. And they are headed home from Qatar Not high stakes, not high stakes at all here, but that is it right now for this episode of the Backheeled Show. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, check out backheeled.com for stories on the USMNT, the World Cup, and much, much more. We'll talk to you soon.